gentlemen, it's the Threefold Chord Podcast. It's still a podcast. So we're back. This is the start of season five, for those of you keeping track. Is it really? Yeah. Yeah, we've taken a month and a half off. We've been gone a long time. Yeah, I know. But it's good to be back. That means this has been going on for five years. <laughs> no, um, no, not that been going that Only a year, no. only like a year, hasn't it? It's been 2020, has it? I was just March. I just was wondering where I've been. Yeah. <laughs> we appreciate you listening to all of them, Robert. <clears throat> yeah. Yep. Chip, why don't you introduce our guest it's here? It's Robert Ganey. He's our yeah, first Bob one Bobcat Ganey. Welcome. Welcome. Thanks. We've been asking him for a while, but we you finally got him. telling us no. Which was your beautiful other half. Yeah. Yeah. Paula's a little bit introverted, I, I would say. So mm-hmm. she was not really anxious to sit in front of a microphone and talk. Yeah. And she and I felt bad herself. to do it by herself until we finally just did. Yeah. Well, maybe one day we'll get her. Once she hears how now well she's got to do it by herself. That's right. You could come back with her. <clears throat> well, maybe, maybe depending on how today goes, it'll influence that decision. <laughs> right. I'm really glad you came on. Me too. Yeah. Well, I like all three of you guys, so that made it easy. So there's a weird part of me. I'm a middle-aged man now, but mm-hmm. there, you know, I always have kind of looked up to Rock. Oh, a hundred percent. You've been kind of the the older guy. I don't even know how old you are, but and I don't tell. I, I've never told anyone this before. I've always kind of looked up to you. Oh, thank you. Yeah. I don't know. I I I, I have. I have too. No doubt about well, that. Well, what's interesting is. I am younger than the people, the next little group older than us, and I'm older than the group. I'm, I'm kind of, Paula and I have always had this one little niche here where there was no one exactly mm-hmm. our age. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so we were, we kind of had our own little niche. They're tweeners. Yeah, they yeah, are. we are. We're They're tweeners. tweeners. <laughs> That's right. No, but growing up, you were always like one of my favorite Bible teachers in the classes when I was younger. and Because you're, you're probably what? I do remember teaching high school class. Yep. At one point, when um, you were in high school, how, mm. how uh, Lee Parrish is how close to your age? Lee is what three or four years older than you, Chip. I thought it was only like one or two. Or is it one or two? Closer. Yeah. So he's probably yeah, five years older than me. I remember teaching a high school class the last year before he went to FC. So that I, I kind of remember that. Mm-hmm. And but I think you were. I, I know I taught a couple times with you in there too, but mm-hmm. that's when Florida College still had a baseball team, right? Yeah, man, I wish. Did you play baseball at FC? Mm-mm. Okay, no. They uh, they killed the baseball program while I was at FC. Oh, did they? I couldn't remember when they shut it down. I w- I'm like you. I wish they would bring it back so bad. I yeah. you would have played. I feel like I don't. I don't think so. I probably could have tried to walk on or something, but folks. Don't let this man fool you. No, he is still is was athletic. Mm-hmm. I'm mm-hmm. telling you. Yeah, I don't think still is as part of this conversation. <laughs> yeah, but you Just were a, you were a stud first. baseball player back yeah, in the day. I played baseball. Is that your favorite sport? Um, it's my favorite sport as a sport. I probably enjoy watching football and basketball more because they're fast action. But I enjoy baseball because. I'm thinking about everything that's going on behind the scenes. Mm-hmm. So I'm so familiar with baseball that I enjoy baseball when nothing is actually happening at the moment. Mm-hmm. There's still stuff happening. Right. And so I can enjoy baseball. But, you know, you you got to be pretty committed to go sit through a baseball game. Oh, Absolutely, yeah. Absolutely, right. 
I could never watch. I could never go sit and watch a baseball game if I don't care. If I'm not invested in mm-hmm. who's playing, other than that, I would I would lose interest. But yeah, I can watch a football game if I don't care who wins. But right, you coach yeah. baseball too. Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. Coach Jared, did you coach Jared all through little league and through little league and uh, AAU? Even after he was a high school student, he was in AAU, and I helped with that team some. Um, and I coached Jenna in softball. Mm-hmm. When that came up, mm-hmm. Jenna and I won a state championship in nice. softball. It was like the twelve-year-old group. So yeah, like, but you know, twelve-year-old, twelve-year-old right. is right. <laughs> the twelve-year-old year <laughs> is the year it's the most serious for everybody, right? Because the, the the kids are actually able to play at a level that you can enjoy. Mm-hmm. I mean, some of them are, have become really good, so you can enjoy that part of it. And of course, the parents still think that all of their kids are going to be Start. professional athletes. Sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they learn over the next two or three years after that that almost none of those kids are going to be professional athletes. <laughs> right. Academia. Yeah. But at 12, <laughs> they're still hope. Stay in school, kids. Yeah. Yeah. Right. yeah. At, at 12, degree. At, yeah. yeah. But at 12, they're still hope. They all think that they're going to be, you know, to be D1 players yeah. and all that. Jenna's got a natty. Yeah, she does. She's got a statey. <laughs> A stadium. Yeah. <laughs> There's a banner hanging. <laughs> yeah, she's got a banner. That's right. Um, I've always heard that softball parents are even crazier than than travel baseball, because we're deep in the travel baseball right now. Yeah. But See, I've I, heard softball parents are even crazier. I've coached travel baseball, uh-huh. and I've coached travel softball. Okay. And the parents of girls are demon-possessed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so... Yeah, you have to deal a lot with the parents. Not from the heavenly realm. And I yeah. thought baseball parents were bad. Oh, That's, man. No, it, 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 was, it is worse. I don't know why. Especially, you know, the dad that only had, you know, he has three girls. He never had a son. Right. And one of those girls has to be the son. Right. Yeah. It can get, it can get intense. But there, I think it's just naturally, you, as a parent, I had a son and a daughter. Mm-hmm. You tend to be a little more protective of your daughter. Sure. And so that that kind of natural instinct kind of kicks in a little bit, mm-hmm. and um, yeah. So it's there were there were you know I had a lot of fun on baseball and softball fields, but there were every year that I did that, there was some point that I thought I will never do this again. Yeah. But then the, the next year, there was yeah, the year back and then the next year comes up and you're yeah. just at and, it and again I'm, and, and I'm back in. Yeah. Andy so. up, right? Just like camp. <laughs> Just like camp. yes, it's but like you're camp. right. It's there like is camp. something. Ask you right after you out. Yeah. yeah, talk to me in just a few minutes, but yeah. not right now. Yeah, no, there is yeah. something different about the girls. I know. I think that you know. Sorry, son. I mean, you can handle yourself. But you know, with Emma, it's like. Uh, I got yeah, because you, you really, you really need to. Uh, I, I mean, I'm sure that some of that is just the difference in, you know. I, I've never been. I've never been part of a girls' locker room. I've been part of a boys' locker room. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I don't know. Uh, well, I don't know. I don't know what the atmosphere. But in a boys' locker room, you don't want to be the the guy on the team whose parents are hovering. You want yeah. your parents to go way over there, and mm-hmm. yeah. the, uh, the helipad is over there. Right? Yeah, yeah. You don't. Yeah, but but with the girls, there's you know all the parents hover. You know. So. Just getting back, when we first started the podcast, one of the cool things we did, and I know you guys remember this was part of the goal of the podcast, is to get to know people. Mm-hmm. And 
we sometimes lose track a little bit. We do. Yeah. The episodes. Thank you do for we? keeping us. Uh, Have we lost track? On track? No, no, not today. Not today. But I want to start. I want to get to know Robert. I want to know from the like the beginning, the, mm-hmm. the origins of the Bobcat. Mm, yes, I think we need to. We need to go back to the. We need to walk. We need to walk through here. <laughs> His life. His life. Yeah, <clears throat> I agree. Can we, before yeah. we get to that, what people need to realize is we were so close to not having this podcast today. Buttons <laughs> over here has had Steve in here yeah. a half dozen times, maybe or more. We're going good. What would we do without and Steve? Uncle Keith, we're going to do it the same way next week. We're going to try. We, the, the new interface stopped working. We got one, one use out of it. So the fact that we're here mm-hmm. it's a miracle. with the Bobcat, it's the right. Steve. it is a miracle. Thank you, Steve. We right. love you. So the nickname, how did we get there? Oh, well, I, um, you know, Bob is a, comes from Robert, right? Yes. I mean, that's a common, yeah. I think think most people know that. I think that's where that came from, basically. Yeah, Yeah, and so I just thought, well, Bob is way too um, boring, I think, Mm -hmm. for for Robert, for this Robert. Plus, I don't let anybody call me Bob. Right, and so I thought, and and like you had mentioned back in the day, he was kind of a crazy quick athlete, and I just thought a bobcat would be perfect for for you, and so I just started calling him Bobcat. That's how it came. Yeah, I love it. I had zero to do with it. It was no, you never. I just told him one one day. day, He was like, "Okay, that's fine." One day, that's just your name. And I find found out we were going to play football one Sunday, and he said, "I think Bobcat's." I'm like, "Who is Bobcat?" Yeah. Let's talk about some Sunday football. But did you want to go back further well, than that? Well, it's up to you guys. You know, well, we're going to go back. No, no, no. Let's, so let's, hit, football. let's we'll hit the, go back to it. Yeah, I know. But I think we points. want to hear about when he was a younger man. Well, or boy, you know, yeah. parents. Bobcat, where were you born? <laughs> Macon, Georgia. That's right. Macon, Georgia. Listen, that bypass is for real now. It is. And how long did you live there? Um, my whole life until I was 18. Then I went out to FC and never went back. I mean, you know, back for visits yeah. and holidays and but I moved to Florida, and uh, Paula went to FC, too, but she didn't go until her sophomore year. Okay. So I didn't meet her until my second year. By the end of that year, we were dating. That summer, we got engaged. Um, I went back one semester and took, I think I needed one class to get my AA, so I went back and got that or something, and something along those lines. And, mm-hmm. and uh and she was, um, interestingly, she was a live-in nanny for the Andrews. So Matt Andrews, oh, yeah. Lindsay's husband. Look at there. Okay. Had no idea. Was like seven years old then. So okay. she was the live-in nanny for that family for, no I guess, idea. about a year. And then uh, we, we both moved up here. That's how I ended up in Gainesville. She was from Gainesville. Okay. So we That's moved right. up here. And I was, Gentry. honestly, was always planning to go back. Probably University of Georgia or something, because mm-hmm. um, I grew up in Georgia. So glad you didn't go. Yeah, aren't you, you happy you didn't make that decision? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I wouldn't trade my life for whatever I don't know. Right, I, sure. But, but uh, Good point. You know, I, I mean, I I don't know that I would have ever selected Florida <laughs> as a climate. Mm-hmm. I'm not a hot weather guy. Mm. And so... Um, oh, you get used to it. Macon's pretty neutral, right? It doesn't get too hot, <clears throat> too cold. Real hot. Macon gets a, a little bit... You know, a lot of years, there'll be a little bit of snow, not a lot. Okay. But it does in get Macon? cold there. It oh, also gets... It gets hotter in Macon than it does here. I was going to say, Macon sounds for, hotter to me than Gaines. But for guys. a very... You know, the summers are three months. Here, they're Sparks, six months. Georgia. Mm-hmm. No. <laughs> Sparks is... It's just closer to Sparks. Did you see Sparks? That's where my, my family grew up. Yeah. That's where my... Uh, 
My great grandparents. Sparks and Adele, King your Frog. Your dad, your grandfather, and I yeah. talk about that. There's a little saying up there. I won't repeat right now. Yep. Okay. Mm. We'll we can edit it out if we need to. Yeah. <clears throat> Did you always um, know that you were going to go to Florida College when you were 18, or when you got to that Both age? Both of my sisters. Who are old? And my sisters are seven years and ten years older than me. Mm-hmm. They both went, and I, I don't ever remember thinking I wasn't going. Mm-hmm. So I, I think it was always expected that I would go. That's a I big mean, by age gap. It is. <clears throat> How did that go? And you're the uh, youngest. Yes, the baby. Did my they baby would, you like crazy? Let me just say this: my dad was 42 when I was born. Get you, man. My mom was good 34, for him. So. Having that much energy to be yeah. a dad, that's like that's like Buttons when yeah. he had uh, Buttons had the Leathersmith. Yeah, exactly. He was like 50. 30, 38. <laughs> my, my mom was eight years younger than my dad, so she was 34. But yeah. Tell us about your parents. What did so they do? So funny. Um, they were both from Georgia. My dad was from uh, Bainbridge, Cairo area, very southwest corner of Georgia. Um uh, grew up, his dad was a farmer. They grew up very poor. Mm. My grandparents, my dad's parents, the house my dad grew up in got electricity in the early 50s. Mm. Goodness. It was all Simpler times lamps. back and then, then. Actually, it was probably closer, almost like 1953. Kerosene lamps and outhouse? Outhouse. Mm. Listen. And and so that was yeah. You know, my dad grew up like that. And what do you do on a stormy, rainy night like last night? From the, the outhouse to the penthouse. <laughs> but you know, but but interestingly, my dad grew up in that environment. But he kind of saw the world. He had three brothers, and they all were in World War II. Mm-hmm. And so my dad at eighteen enlisted, and uh, you know, spent World War II in Europe. So goodness. But uh, the zoo so, theater. Yeah. So that was. Uh, and he and he was, you know, did some important things. So it was, you know, I'm proud of his history. You know, he had three Purple Hearts and mm. Silver Star, French Quarter Gear, and was a platoon leader and for a tank unit. And uh, real men back then. Yes, the it, greatest it, generation. Yeah, that's a real man there. Yeah, I, yeah, it's for sure. And and um, you know, of course, that shaped everything in his life. You know? mm-hmm. And so. Uh, and my mother you know, grew up in closer to where I, I grew up, closer to Macon, uh, in Washington County, uh, Georgia. And her dad was a machinist, kind of a jack of all trades, and she kind of grew up in a rural setting. And they met. My dad was the business manager at a reform school, like a juvenile detention school. Mm. My mother was working there, doing clerical stuff, mm-hmm. and they met. And uh, he went back home. Had ended up going back home for a while. They we, we've got a stack of letters written between them. And I love they, that. And they ended back up getting. When you had to write. Yeah, yeah, that's right. And they ended An up office uh, getting romance. Married. Yeah, I, I think one of the great tragedies of modern the modern world is uh, the you know complete lack of handwritten letters. Mm-hmm. So yeah, emails aren't the same. Did you feel pressure to join the military, or was was your dad against it because of what he had seen? Was he like no, a different path? No, I did have to register. They still register for register for the draft today. Selective service. I, mm-hmm. I, that I that know. started back up when I was in high school, so I registered <clears throat> for it. Um, I don't think that I don't recall ever considering joining. My dad was contemplating doing career military, but his last. Uh, his third Purple Heart 
nearly lost his left leg, and he he was uh, out of the war at that point. It's crazy, isn't it? I'll tell you an interesting story. I want to hear it. Not yeah. not not really. I don't know how many people find it that interesting, but um, one of the things that it was, I was just mentioning the technology. One of the things that my dad always regretted was he was injured in the field, taken back, ended up spending quite a bit of time in France at a hospital before coming back. And so, um, and I had you know, lived here for years. My dad was always bothered by the fact that he really didn't have a way to get in touch with his unit. He never really, when he left the field, he never talked to the mm-hmm. guys he was going through that war with again. And, uh, and, and just, you know, didn't know the means by which to do that. So I was looking up stuff one day on the Internet because now everything's on the Internet. This is just a few years ago, long after he died. He died in, when I was 26. And um, so I was looking up stuff, and I discovered a lot of things. Like the unit he was in is um, was a very famous battalion because it was the first ever battalion that the Army put together to do close infantry support. So it's the military studies his tank battalion. Hmm. Um, is, you know, and I discovered all this stuff. And then I started looking up that tank battalion, and I discovered that there were copies of the field hand type typewriter type in the field reports, daily reports for that unit. That, they didn't have all of them, but they had some of them. And suddenly I realized, hey, the, these dates correspond with what I thought was near the dates of his injury. Mm-hmm. I started flipping through those and reading them, mm-hmm. and I found the daily field report where my dad's last injury, uh, you know, was hit by a mortar round, was reported. Mm. I mean, there's his name Easy. on yeah. that uh, typed on that day yeah. of, of that that happening. I was shocked. I told, told my sisters about it, and um, so that was just shocking. And and so you know, I could see the you know, these different people's names, and I, I, I thought, man, I wish I'd found this while he was alive. Mm-hmm. I mean, it'd been many years since he'd been gone. And that battle was in France, but um, that you know, Strasbourg, France, is where he was his last injury. But, but then, then I started looking at more records, and, I, and some of these I actually had copies of and just never had looked at them. And then I realized that when he came from France back to the States after, during the war, he came into Daytona Beach, and from Daytona Beach to Camp Blanding. Right um, here. Right here yeah. where I live. Yeah. So, he, so he, he was actually released from the service in Camp Blanding. And um, a relative of his was the physician that did his final report and left, let him go. But my mother still gets about a eight or nine hundred dollar check every month for my dad's World War II service. Wow, Good. crazy, yeah, absolutely. Because he had disability, and tax money well spent. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, so it was, Kidding yeah. Me? So it's amazing the things that you can find now that you would have never known. And of course, like most people, my dad he talked to me a little bit about some of his service. I mean, I've heard some stories, but you know, I'm probably the only one he didn't talk about any of that. They saw some stuff, unimaginable. Yeah, real stuff, real people. Yeah, um, sacrificing their life. You know, there was no thought yeah. of self-preservation. Robert made this point in class, exactly. um, which sadly, he's lost some time in class. He has. We'll, we'll get to that. Yeah, he's minutes. got. A, he's got a bone to pick with the decision makers around here. <laughs> yeah, uh, I don't know how, yeah. How, how are you get through this? <laughs> yeah, just the concept of self-preservation. You know, Christ had no concept of that. You know, just. Serving other people, you're willing to make yeah. the greatest sacrifice there right. can be, you, 
He's got multiple Purple Hearts. Right. Could we put together a force like that today? I don't know that we could. Doing some of the think things we we're doing, maybe not. I don't know. They my, would just my, give it, give my sister in Texas has my dad's helmet that he wore throughout the war. But his second Purple Heart, his first Purple Heart was shrapnel on the back of his hand because machine gun fire would hit tanks and it would splatter and a piece of it went in his hand. Mm-hmm. He bandaged it up. He argued that he didn't really need a Purple Heart for that. And um, but the second one, he was st- up in the, his turret, up out of the turret, and looking down, talking to people inside. And as he raised his head, mm-hmm. the sniper bullet mm. from the side grief. hit here. And we still have that helmet with the uh, the gash. No, it's a, it ripped it open. But he wore that same helmet the rest of the war. And uh, my sister has the helmet. I have a picture of it. I'll show you afterwards. It's just that's insane. How different would the world be without those people? A providential. If we had to fight that war today, we just might as well surrender. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. I don't think we could put together a force like that. No. It's Maybe. sad. The mindset's too different. Right. Man. That's, a, that's, that's awesome. I never knew that. No, me neither. It's, I consider you, I'm not changing gears here because I want to keep talking about him, but I consider you one of the Bible scholars here at, at Glen Springs. Wow. And so did you get that from your parents? Like, was your father like that? Or where did that come from? Um. Yes and no. My dad's whole life was pretty. His his my let me back up. My grandmother was a member of the church. My mm-hmm. grandfather was not. He was um, primitive Baptist, and mm. uh, so my dad grew up kind of going to both of those situations. And and uh, um, David Tant, you mm-hmm. probably heard it. Oh yeah, David from, Tant from camp. Yep. Um, is who baptized my father, uh, you know, when my dad was probably 28 or 29, something like that, 29 or 30, I don't know. I, I don't remember all the details of that story. But anyway, and my mother grew up, her father was Methodist and her mother was Primitive Baptist. Mm-hmm. And my dad taught her and then taught um, my one of my aunts, my uh, mother's sister, and her brother mm-hmm. all became Christians. Um, at some point, and and my dad then turned around and taught his father, uh, you know, some additional things about the truth. They were all good people. Went mm-hmm. went to church. Just got tired of washing feet. Yeah, <laughs> and and so um, and so my so my dad was a Bible student, but I would say, um, my dad spent most of his adult life. During the period when you know there was so much division in the church over institutionalism mm-hmm. and whether or not that was right and wrong and all that, and so I think he was spent much of his life just consumed with that, mm-hmm. you know, and and all the different things that were happening. I saw happening when I was a young young boy, um, but I would say you know I always had a great interest because I, I grew up in a unique situation. The church was very small. There weren't a lot of young people. So from the time I was about seven or eight, I just sat in the adult class. Mm. I didn't have children's classes. Mm-hmm. So uh, straight I, to meat. I just, yeah. so, yeah. so, you know, and I'm no sure, pre-game. I'm sure you're, I, you're, no, yeah, you're in the defense. big leagues. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure I spent a lot of Sundays having no idea what was being talked about. But it but, was obviously sinking in. So, so I just, I, I did have an interest in wanting to know more, but I, I think for, for a lot of people, I know for me, um, my study and the things I teach classes on, really come out of my own questions. Mm-hmm. You know, I had my own questions and my own 
doubts at times, my own uh, conversations I would have with people where I lost the argument. I mean, I couldn't really support what I believed. Mm-hmm. And so I either shouldn't believe it or I should figure out how to support it. Mm-hmm. And it was kind of, and, you know, and then going to FC, I, you know, had people who had great influence on me at FC, you know, Phil Roberts, um, Melvin Curry, who's one of your relatives, mm-hmm. um, you know, and, and to others, but who had really kind of got me to, you know, take my own faith a little more seriously and at least, you know, and I was always someone who, if I was going to do something, I wanted to believe it or at least understand it. And and I think the only way you can do that is just to jump in mm-hmm. you know, and, and try to swim. You know, so. Say when. That's right. Yep. No shallow end. No. Just jump in, yeah. It's cold. Just get it over with. <laughs> but even today, you know, I still, I think, like the class I'm doing right now that's... Um, asking hard questions and being taught from the perspective of how do you talk to someone who doesn't believe in God, doesn't believe the Bible is, means anything? How, where does the starting point for them? Mm-hmm. You know, well, you know, I've had those same questions. You know, I've been through periods where I've doubted and questioned. So I think all of us, everyone, from time to time, benefits from thinking about those things. Even, mm-hmm. if, you, even if you don't have doubts, just to be reminded, this is how secure my faith is. Mm-hmm. And but we increasingly need to be aware that we live in a world where, you know, I grew up that evangelism was convincing your neighbor who went to church but believed a lot of things differently than you did, trying to persuade them to believe the same things you did. Mm-hmm. I mean, that was. But increasingly, evangelism really is Paul in Athens, you know, trying to persuade people. Let me tell you about this God that I. That I know. Mm-hmm. So that doubt—that's that's interesting. It's always been interesting to me, and I've, I've gone through periods of that too. I find that a lot of it comes from maybe you know past, maybe upbringing, but maybe also personal experiences. You know, I think that a lot of times it's you know it's things that factor in that we let sort of influence. But I don't know that God holds that against us always, just because it's human nature. I think he expects expects that from us, but I think it's the coming back and realizing, like you said, growing that foundation in the evidence of knowing who God is, of knowing His plan for us, and having that backing mm-hmm. is huge to be able to come back to. Yep, because we may, maybe not. If you're, if you're fortunate, you're blessed. You don't ever go through the doubts, but if you do, to have that, it's it's huge. Yep, and f- find a great man or woman. In the Bible, see so the men in the Bible are often more flawed than the women in the Bible. Mm-hmm. But in, in my opinion, it seems like. And but find look at the list of great people in the Bible, and every one of them had some terrible moment, yep. some terrible moment where they made a terrible decision, or some moment of doubt, um, some moment where they were ready to give up, and God was always pulling them back. You know, and and uh, so, and I think. You know, when somebody who gets discouraged because they don't feel like they're perfect enough or they've made terrible decisions or they've hurt people or they've done this, you know, you know, David's a man after God's own heart. And David had a flawed life. You know. We've got two really good classes going right now between David and evidences. Yeah. 
It's a good time. Good time to be in class. Yeah, sure. even if it's only 35 minutes. We're going to work on getting that time back for you, Robert. No, well, it, it, you know, there, there are pros and cons to it, so mm-hmm. there, there are probably some pros. I, I just probably should have picked a little bit different topic uh, for the first time going through it. You know, one thing I think about, though, going back to your, you know, <clears throat> this, this sort of flaw that, that we know so many great men and women in the Bible have had, I think— and, and somebody told me this a long time ago, that you can sort of use your experiences to help others. So mm-hmm. I, I sort of think about those things. I think about, let's say, Peter, for instance, and being with Jesus the entire time, going through everything with him, seeing the miracle, seeing everything, mm-hmm. and then flinching. Mm-hmm. At the, when, when stakes were the highest, we flinch. But then being sort of brought back by Jesus in such a loving and very personal way, and then being on fire, you could beat him, you could throw him in jail, you could do whatever you wanted, and he he wasn't going to flinch again. So he had such a sermon to teach and to preach to mm-hmm. people because of the things he had done wrong, because yep. of flinching. And so many in the Bible have that ability. And us today, so many of us have that ability that when we mess up, we come back, God's there, <clears throat> we come back to him. And then what a powerful lesson we have. Oh, yeah. And ability to relate to people who may be going through something very similar. Yep. And that's Absolutely. the way it's supposed to be. Yeah. You know, we, it, don't, we don't wear our flaws around like, like a chain around our neck. We move on and we help. You know, we move on and we help others. Right. Yeah. So, good point. I don't know. Just a thought popped in my head. Yeah. Great. It's a good thought. <laughs> I know Michelle Powell's always happy when she finds out you're teaching. She loves oh. you. Well, thank you. I, you know, I, I love teaching. I mean, I, I like doing it. Um, I, I skipped this summer because, I, as y'all know, my mother's mm-hmm. about to turn 92 in May, and, uh, and she still lives alone, but she's seldom <laughs> alone. So, yeah. so uh, we have somebody there all day, and I go over there every night for about four or five hours and uh, cook dinner and all that. And so mm-hmm. time, time is... Uh, Time is a very precious commodity these days, so it's a little overwhelming right now. But, but um, he's a sophisticated servant. <laughs> are you a good cook? At least dressed I mean, up. Are you popping banquets in there, or are we cooking? No, I mm. cook. No, he's cook. He's nice. a cook. What what's do you your, like to cook? Yeah. What, what's your best dish? Um, I cook anything. <laughs> there's nothing so, you can't cook. Well, no, there's plenty of things I probably can't cook. Mm-hmm. I just stay within the things I. Right. Yeah. You know, I don't venture out too far. But, sure. But I, I cook a lot of different dishes. You can't cook the same thing all the time. No. Variety. Miss Janine wouldn't like that. She was a great cook. She's a, um, and she's not afraid to tell you. I was going to say, does she coach you up while you're cooking sometimes? Not now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> she no. used to, though. I, I, I try to keep her out of the kitchen. Yeah. But, <laughs> but, Is um, that tough? I mean, she, she probably she, wants to be in there with you, though. She does. I, I try to find something for her to do. That I'm, that that I'm not worried about her falling because she'll get away sure, from her put walker. Put a puzzle you know, together. That. Yeah, that's right. Stay but, in your lane. Right. <laughs> but you know, as you get older, you know, uh, you can't do everything you used to do. So, oh goodness. But yeah. but she she still enjoys good food and and she's very gracious. Every now and then I'll make something and I'll be eating and I'm like, this really isn't that good, and uh, or it's not what I thought it's going to be. And I'll say, how, how do you like it? I like it. <laughs> and or she'll say. 
it's okay. And if she says it's okay, she really is choking it down. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, okay is the, the kiss She's of death. eating it just because she So I've learned you. to say, you're just being nice. Yeah, so I've learned to say, would you like me to make this again? And if she goes, I'm full. That's when she'll say, I don't think so. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm well, you're a good son. So for we scratched that, that one yeah. off the repertoire. Yes. Got it. Yeah. Check. You're right. Do you, getting back to your Bible teaching and study, do you do you study a certain amount every day when you're not teaching? I mean, is it a daily thing for you to get into the Word, and, and yeah, how does I, that I, look? I try to do that. I try to, I usually have a topic, mm-hmm. something that I'm curious about and I'm pursuing. And I may not always be engrossed in Bible study every day for that, but I'll have books that I read or I'm looking at or a topic. Mm-hmm. Um, I have podcasts that I listen to. Um, Threefold chord. Yeah. Right. So I, I do listen to it occasionally. I have a, I'll admit that I have. I was trying to get avoid you asking me that during the No, podcast. it's fine. No, but, we, we <clears throat> presume no one's listening. Well, our German listeners. I, I do. I do. I, I have listened to a number of them. Um, but I, you know, so I usually have, I'm usually like the, like the class that I'm doing right now. Um, I didn't sit down and think, what am I going to teach and think of this subject? I was already looking at this mm-hmm. subject. And so when I dis- when I agreed to teach this uh, quarter, I said, well, I don't have time to figure something else out. It's going to be this. Mm-hmm. you know, Because that's what I was. I was already on that topic. Gotcha. So, um, so there's usually something ruminating in there like that. And... Um, and, and, I, and of course, I would always rather I, I I would prefer to always teach something, you know, to do an expository type, you know, study take a scripture and study a, a passage or mm-hmm. a, a book or whatever. But you know, we, we're doing classes all the time, and it, sometimes you're like, well, which book haven't we done in the last right, three, or four right. years? And yeah. sometimes that's hard. And of course, you could no longer do Isaiah or Jeremiah right. or you know. You have like four classes now. So. Yeah, you're done. <laughs> remember doing those uh, at FC, the, the book, you know, where I remember Kali called. Well, you know, you get like 10 verses. You tell you yeah. which word you had to look up. Mm-hmm. That's back when we had to type stuff out. You know, there was yep. minimal word processing. Yeah. 5,000 words or something. Yeah, you had the know. brother word processor yeah. typing on it. Yeah. Wow. The brother word processor. Yeah. Yeah. I lived on that thing at FC. Absolutely. That was my friend. Yeah. Hey, speaking of FC, when you were there, did you have a society that you chose? Arte. Oh, Jackson would love that. Yeah. Arete. The nerds. You have, that's why we got you a red cord yeah. tonight for your uh, what microphone. About Paula? Um, <clears throat> she might have been in Omega. I don't really hmm. remember. She might have been. I don't, I don't honestly don't remember. She was either in, she was either in Arte. Or Omega. I don't honestly don't remember. You don't meet too many Omegas and, and Arte's Arte that get together. And I'll and I'll be honest with you. When I was at FC, Omega, Omega was the nerds. So. Omega was what? The nerds. Mm. Omega was the nerds. Okay. Some of my best. Arte are the Bible scholars now, right? Usually. That, the, that was a all, safe bet when we were there. Yeah, that, they were always uh, pretty strong in the Bible category. You were in Five Sig, right? Never. Oh, Ko. <laughs> Yeah, K- KO were like the future criminals when I was there. There you go. We, um, and I love how KO is, there's Omicron as part of their name now. But that's the, right. We were viruses. Omicron before that was cool. Yeah, right. Not, not 
Well, we do laugh about I, that. I, around I just our know. House. I just know this: that Arte beat Fisig and Ko in football. Okay. Well, they had my you so- as an athlete. My sophomore year. Yeah. Mm-hmm. My dad was on Arte, and they yeah. were a tremendous football exactly. football team. It's all about yeah. the players. It really is. But Omega was Omega. I had several really good friends in Omega the year I was, my second year at FC sophomore year, and they just were stacked, mm. you know, athletically. So they won everything. Don't you have a, a journalism degree? Is that your degree? I have a degree in public relations from the journalism college. Okay, yeah. I, I had remember to take exactly. journalism classes, you know, reporting, mm-hmm. dreaded reporting class at Florida. Yeah, Laura had brutal. to take that one. Yeah, it's, it's a brutal class. Yep. But um, so my degree was in public relations. Okay, so. gotcha. But it was in the College of Journalism. Yeah, and it was somewhere in there. I couldn't remember exactly. So you and Paula met at FC? Yeah. Yes. Was that love at first sight? You and Paula? We had a class together. I don't remember what the class was. I, I can literally. all you can remember was her. That's right. I can, remember, I can remember what she was wearing the first time I met her. So, all right, describe yeah. it. Um, it was these, uh, these sandals that kind of go up your ankle, and the yeah. shorts were like maybe capri length. Mm-hmm. And I just remember I hated those shoes. Mm. Like, what are you wearing? Yeah. but I mean, they were popular. I yeah, just, sure. Like, yeah. I was thinking but, you were going to say, but I, I, but I love those shoes. I was say, you went yeah. opposite of what I he thought you were going to He did. <laughs> yeah. Hey, listen, the he feet said, are let me see the feet. Yeah. Clean, well, it wasn't the feet, feet. It was the shoes. The shoes. Yeah. Those shoes, I was just like, what? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, but no, I, I, remember, I, I don't remember what class that was, but um, I do remember what class it was. It was public speaking. Okay. She was in my, my public speaking class, but that's where I met her. Was she a good public speaker? Did she give good speeches? She did fine. Paula's yeah. a really good student. I mean, she's... She seems like she she would have been really smart she's back in college she, days. She yeah. is smart. She went through... Yeah, Brett can appreciate this. Mm-hmm. She went through... Uh, she got her AA and then didn't go back to school until a few years ago mm-hmm. and did like one or two classes at a time at a new program at Santa Fe. And I saw the work she had to do for that class, and I thought... That's like four of my degrees. I mean, mm. I was so much harder than what I had to do in school. Mm-hmm. And she had a 4.0. That's yeah. awesome. There you go. I love that. But well, you've got some schooling going on, too. It's almost over. He's yeah. in the same degree. Yeah. How she, close are you to being done? This spring is it. Brett, do you have That's a 4.0? Congratulations. I do not. Okay. I do not. I have a couple B pluses. Mm. But almost then. Okay. B's it's get close. degrees. It's close. Yeah. It's close. Yeah. And Paula's helped me a ton oh, yeah. in the program. Yeah. She's given me good advice and... Paula did it. It was the first year. It was the first year that Santa Fe had a four-year degree, and it was the first year of that program. And I am convinced that the handful of professors who were putting that together were all going way over the top, making Mm -hmm. the class really hard. They hadn't figured out what it needed to be yet, and I kept telling her, this is ridiculous. There's still some like that. I think part of it, what factored in, too, is at the same time Santa Fe was winning awards, Number one junior college in the nation. Yeah, they were ranked number one during that period. Yeah, and so I think that part of that was like we've got to make this just as rigorous as possible. And yeah, maybe that's what it there was. There's still so many classes that you're like, really. Yeah, <laughs> but she did good. Yeah. She went, she did really good, and and uh, um, I did a lot of the, all the cooking during that period. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. that's where you <laughs> cultivated like, yeah. the cooking. Yeah, you're a chef. So I, I mean, I'm chef just saying. Bobcat. I'm just saying yeah. she wasn't doing any cooking when she was taking classes. She had a point and, of, apparently and where working. she said, I, "I'm." I'm done taking one or two. I'm trying to get done. Yeah, yeah. I remember said, those couple. If we're going to eat, I'm going to have to do something. Right. Yeah. There was going to get. We were not going to eat. If so, he dove in head first. Like we said. How how quickly did you know after meeting her that you all were going to be? You were going to propose to her. 
Um, well, um, I dated some. I was dating somebody else after I met her. I mean, I wasn't. We didn't date right away. Okay. And then um, was another. We yeah. did sandals. I, you were like, come on. Yeah, you, you, to you had to get rid of those sandals we before went, you would ask her. We out. went to the. Uh, we went to a couple of the the, the big. The fall and the spring festival. Mm-hmm. I think we did. Um, I know we went to the spring festival together. Mm-hmm. The banquets. Banquets. Yeah. Banquet. Spring banquet. Yeah. I know we did went to spring banquet together, and we we had started dating dating before that. <clears throat> we were kind of we had been out, but we weren't like exclusively dating each mm-hmm. other in the fall. Um, but then by spring banquet we were, and then you know we dated through that summer, mm-hmm. and, and uh, I actually went. That summer after my sophomore year, I went and worked with the church in uh, Atlanta where Sewell Hall was, and uh, and she flew up there that summer, flew up to Atlanta and stayed up there for a week, and we visited. And I mean, so we had stepped kept in touch, and and probably that summer it was probably because I, I proposed that following fall, mm. so. I mean, so by that summer, I guess we probably had figured that out. Gotcha. Gotcha. Did you ever give any thought to being a, a full-time preacher? I mean, you're, a, you're an excellent preacher. Um, there was probably a time when I was kind of considering that. I did not like the idea of being, not that I think there's anything wrong with the idea. I don't mean it that way. I wasn't comfortable with the idea of being an employee of the church. Mm-hmm. I, I just wanted to do whatever I was going to do. I'll just work a job, and I'll do that. Mm-hmm. I just in my own, wasn't comfortable in my own, my own skin doing that. And um, But, you know, but I, I, there was a period of time that I considered it. I mean, I worked both summers after my first year at FC and my second year at FC. I went and worked with churches for the summer. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I think I came out of that second experience, you know, thinking I would rather just do whatever I can do. I wanted to be able to preach. I wanted to be able to be capable of doing that mm-hmm. and to, you know, improve and make myself as good as I could be as a teacher. Um, but I but I just wasn't comfortable saying, this is my quote-unquote job. Mm-hmm. You know? So anyway, so I, I ended up not pursuing it from that standpoint. You guys got married and always lived in Gainesville, or did you live somewhere else? No, we've always lived there. We've never lived, since we got married, we've never lived anywhere else. I came up here and lived, I lived here for, I moved up here, didn't go to school. I worked for six months just to save money so we could get married. I lived with Mike Fletcher. Mike Fletcher. The old Fletcher-source. That's right. Out on Parker Road. Yep. So I, that was way outside of town. <clears throat> it was. Yeah, yeah, back then, it was. I was out in the sticks. Were you yeah. working for UPS then? Um, no, not yet. I worked out, um, I got a full-time job on campus at Florida that I then kept when, um, I then kept that when I went full-time and then I was, you know, there we worshiped with her parents at the, the Northwest church mm-hmm. here in Gainesville. And I preached there for two years, every Sunday for mm-hmm. two years, Sunday morning, Sunday night, worked part-time and went to school full-time. Yeah, we would have company at our apartment. I'd sit in the recliner and go to sleep. Yeah, <laughs> while, yeah. While company was sitting there, <laughs> don't. I was, let I was getting still. like four hours of yeah. sleep a day. Once the once the feet are up, he's gone. It's over. Yeah. So so really, that that was really that experience really got me thrown into preaching so much. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I mean, I preached in those summers, but it was like 
twice a, twice a month, you know. Mm-hmm. And, but that was like going to school full-time, working a part-time job, which it, the second year of that I was at UPS going in at 4 o'clock in the morning. Mm-hmm. And then, but coming up with two sermon ideas. Goodness. I don't know. I don't know. How, I don't know how preachers do it. I really yeah. don't. Yeah. Well, well, I have. Well, I have sometimes said there's nothing more inspiring than the sun going down on Saturday night. Oh, I can't imagine. So there were there were terrifying. during that time there was a lot of times that Saturday night I was still figuring it out, <laughs> and then Sunday afternoon I was figuring out Sunday night song. Right? Oh, because that I was doing. I had. Other that things. sounds terrifying. Deadlines are great motivators. Well, yeah. it was. Uh, I, that was really good for me then. I mean, it was. Uh, it was ter- terrifying at times, but it was. It was good for me, and I'm sure. I feel. I feel bad thinking back on it. I feel bad for that poor church. <laughs> and uh, listening to me, you know, because I'm, I've, I have one one time I was going through a bunch of stuff in my office, and I found a stack of handwritten outlines on green legal paper mm-hmm. and, and tiny writing. Yeah. And I looked at those outlines, and I'm like, "What in the world?" Because <laughs> <laughs> they were thorough. They were thorough. They were detailed. Mm-hmm. And I don't know how long I was talking, but it had been 40, 45 minutes at the time. <laughs> are, you like, a sermon, a are you a sermon note guy that has to have everything written down, or do you just have an idea and you can go off of that? I'm always fascinated by how people write notes. Me too. Because I, I, I like to have most, I mean, I'm not a public speaker, but in things that I've done before, yeah, I have to have most, most things written down. Whereas most people have bullet points, and they just kind of go from there. Yeah. Um, I tend to do bullet points, but I will, you know, in every sermon, there's a few statements that you want to say exactly a certain way. Mm-hmm. Those will be spelled out. Um, I mean, word for word, and I'm, I may even read it. Um, and then everything else will be a little <clears> more <throat> bullet points. It just depends. Some topics are different. I mean, there are times that I make notes and I never even look at them. Mm-hmm. So, but they're there in case I suddenly have a moment where I'm like, what did I just say? What yeah. am I supposed to say? Yeah. Where am I at? So, so <laughs> I would, you, you got you to have them. But, um, you know, I, I usually, you know, I'm more to, I'm more note dependent in a class than I am on a sermon, mm-hmm. usually. I've always thought it's pretty impressive when somebody can get up to preach and they tie in something from the previous class that morning or the Lord's Supper talk or yeah, something. They, they fit it they in. They tie yeah. it in somewhere. Now, I've always yep. been so impressed by that because I— the few times that I've been coerced into doing it, um, you, you know, do great. By the way, you you're really so, do. But you're on goodness. next week. By no. the way, no. yes. But having, Lord's Supper talk. You're talking Lord's about. Supper talk. Yeah, it's it's my favorite when he. Yeah, yeah. You do so well with those. You need to be our full time Lord's Anyways, Supper guy. Okay. But Jason, you did a great job this morning. Jason did fantastic. Not to take anything away from and you, and stepped in at a moment's notice for me when we were worried that we might be under quarantine. But mm-hmm. Anyways. <clears throat> but I'm I'm so like focused on what I want to say mm-hmm. that I just always the flexibility there. And I know it's something There's simple no and kind of silly, but the ability that, to that do is, that that is literally just you know you've done it so much that you have a different comfort level. Yeah, and your mind is at your, your work. At some point, you you have to get past the pro. I mean, when I think back early days. I was very worried. I would spend as much time on the introduction. Yeah. My opening yeah. 20 seconds mm-hmm. would worry me more than the next 
40 minutes. Yeah, it's like, how do you start? Yeah. How, that's, how do you start? How thing. do you get off yeah. on the right foot? How do you just introduce the topic? I could do a whole sermon and still not know how I'm going to start. Yep. And, yep. And, and, I used to be t- and, and then you also worry about, there's so many things. You worry about you're going to say something that, you know, 10 minutes after the sermon, you've changed your mind and you don't believe exactly how, what you just said. Mm-hmm. You worry about that. Yeah, and when, when when you start getting recorded, then you worry about it even more. Right. I'm like, now somebody can go back forever and look That's right. realize how dumb I you was. You said it. And, you said it. Yeah, That's yeah. it. Or, but, you know, but it's, it is, you know, you worry about the delivery too much, you know, and you just have to remember this is a friendly audience for the most part. Um, they're also just glad they're not doing it. Yes, but it is you. a tough crowd. Yeah, that's it, a great point. It, I mean, yeah. but but yeah. the key to all of that is is really to completely as much as you humanly can and still actually deliver a sermon. You just have to think, what am I trying to accomplish here? You know, I want to say something that means as much to the people listening as it meant to me yep. when I was preparing. Because every every sermon. Or every class, uh, if you're doing a lot of preparation and you're doing a lot of reading, and you should be reading a lot more than you ever say, you should your preparation should dwarf your presentation, mm-hmm. right? And so you're gaining from all of that. And then you're just sharing mm-hmm. kind of your conclusions or the best part mm-hmm. of what you found, yep. and you've probably been moved already by what you have done in preparing. You've been moved yourself. And you just want to share that experience with everybody. Mm-hmm. And at some point, you, you slowly work your way to that's what you're doing. I mean, that's, that's what is important. And you know, now you're no longer important about, will people think I did a good job? Or will people think I knew what I was talking about? Will people think, you know, did I make somebody laugh? You know, and we put a way too much value on the things that really matter the least. I, mm-hmm. I did. I know I did. I literally almost never have a title. You'll find my sermon outlines, and usually they don't have a title. It just starts because mm-hmm. I didn't have a title, you know, and, um, you know, because I was just, you know. But, yeah, I spent a lot of – there's been – I've spent a lot of time working on sermons where I was too worried about, is it going to sound good? Is it going to mm-hmm. sound – you know, you know whatever, and, you know, and so, and I literally hardly ever think about that now. And that's, that's, I guess, just maybe me maturing a little bit and learning that that's not the important thing. I mean, I still don't yeah. want to get up there and have people looking at their watches and think, man, what is he talking yeah. about? Or, I mean, you, you still <laughs> yeah. want to be right. organized and present it and obviously in a coherent way. Mm-hmm. And speaking from the heart makes it easier. I've, I've found if I'm given a subject, if I'm able to create <clears> my own, and sort of something that I'm passionate about mm-hmm. and makes it a ton easier, you know, to talk about. Yeah. Yeah. But. yeah the, the topic is, finding the topic is the challenge for a lot of times. Yeah. But preparing for an adult class, I mean, just the amount of hours spent. In yeah. Prep and I, I've only and, taught a couple and they were, I felt like I studied I've only for months. In. Yeah. I've only yeah. filled in and, and just the prep time in that. I mean, Tim made it easy, you know, for me then, but I just, and the good news now, class is only 35 minutes. You got to well, I was going to say, I want to go. I said there are pros and cons. So right, right. you're going to come up with 35 minutes. Just make it through 35 and minutes. And if you can ramble through your opening stuff for a little bit, which Robert doesn't do, he just jumps right in. 
I used yeah. to, I, if I had 45 minutes, minutes, I'd probably, I'd probably waste the first five. Yeah. So, you know, this is at least eliminated that part because it's yeah. like, and we're on. <laughs> Boom. Yeah. 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 So how long before you guys had kids? Because that happened at some point. We were married <laughs> seven years before we had children. Seven kids. We wanted so to have. Seven kids, yeah. Seven we, wanted, we, we wanted to have, we kind of always wanted to have, be done having kids at 30. And so when we were like approaching 28, we were like, if we want to have more than one, we better get busy. It is time. And mm-hmm. and we were kind of very fortunate because we wanted a boy and a girl. I would have liked to have, you know, I'll probably get grief for saying this. I would have been glad to have three or four kids. Paula, That's not a bad thing. Paula, when, we, when, our, when our second child, when we had a boy and then a girl, the moment I knew we were having a girl, I knew we were having two kids. Mm-hmm. I knew it was done. She was finished. Yeah. That was, I knew that was going to be it. But... But we wanted we wanted at least two. We wanted to be having by the time we were thirty. Mm-hmm. We wanted to have the boy first and then the girl, and every Worked bit of that perfect. happened like we had written it out. Yeah, we were very fortunate about that. And, and I think it's universally believed that you had two of the cutest children. I think so too. For people that have been here for twenty or thirty years and more, your two kids were like the two cutest kids that anyone they, had ever they seen. They were cute, and they were. Uh, Pretty much well behaved. Yeah, I mean, Jared had the like and the bowl cut for you know, it seemed like fifteen years, and like he didn't have it that long. But just a cute little chick. She's so she was so cute yes. too. Jenna, there's a secret I mean, you may not know about Jared. Okay, well, you probably know. Yeah, but Jared had his hair professionally cut one time when he was like three or four. That's right. <laughs> and other than that one time, <laughs> I cut his yes, hair. Oh yeah, until he was out of college. That's awesome. Only I recently it. have I stopped cutting this hair. A yeah. hairstylist and a chef. Yeah. What can you do? Athlete. That's where we should have started. And a preacher. And you cut your hair, too. I do cut my hair. Which is quite impressive to me. Your hair you know always that? looks great. I, I did I, not know that. I, I always, you know, I used to get my hair cut, and I'd come back, and there'd be, like, some glaring problem. I'm like, I, I can give myself a bad haircut for free. <laughs> Wait. <laughs> it's not a bad haircut. And, oh, and so I, how do you cut the back? That. How do you cut the back of it? Just used to it. I use scissors and, and you just reach back and clipper, go to work. Clippers and scissors and you, know, you just get used to it. Mirror. Huh. Yeah. I mean that's impressive. That right? is. <laughs> hey, I I could just about put a kid through college for the money I've saved on haircuts in the last that's true. 20, 35 years. So. COVID has forced us into yeah. saving about a hundred a month. What about yeah. Chick? Did yeah. you ever cut her hair? I trimmed I have trimmed her hair. I've mm-hmm. never like fully cut her hair. Okay. Like I've cut she wanted the length cut off. I did that like two months ago. Mm. But no, I've always refused to cut any woman's hair in the family. Yeah. yeah I mean, that'll, that's th- dangerous. That's a no-win situation. That's dangerous. Well, that's like that's like chewing on a grenade. Why would you do that? Wow. Yeah. You definitely wouldn't. Oh, yeah. That. You wouldn't do it's, that. <laughs> pins out. Uh, you might want to start yeah. running. We just, yeah, we don't chew on those. Yeah. No. There's there's too many ways that that can end badly. So. <laughs> But no, I, I, other than just like, yeah, I, I have colored Jenna's hair before. Okay. She wanted highlights that looked terrible. I do, I do. Was she in high school then? Yes. Yeah, I remember that. <laughs> I told her, I'm like, this is not going to go well. Yeah. But, you know. All right. She trusted you, though. It, was, just, it. it, was, a, it was a daddy-daughter thing, and, you know, and uh, we did it and laughed about it. And You have fantastic kids. Oh, they turned out so well. Well, I, I don't know if we can take credit for that because, I mean, I think Paul and I— 
did a decent job, but we had lots of help in this church. I mean, in fact, there were years that we contemplated moving. You know, uh, this is you know not the easiest place to sustain a career. I mean, I could have had a easier time making mm-hmm. a living in different careers if I'd been in larger cities and things like sure. that. Um, but we stayed here because of this church. I mean, it, you know, for our kids to be, you know, the 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 associations they had with families and, and you know, the Mosleys and the Lloyds, especially for our kids, you know, and, and um, you know, your mother, speaking of haircuts. Yeah, old JoJo. Oh, so speaking she of haircuts. She cut her hair. Mm-hmm. She still we would, cuts old Don JoJo, JoJo would want to take Jenna home for Sunday afternoon. And Jenna yeah. always was, Jenna was, Jared would never have gone home with a stranger. Not a stranger, but you know somebody not anybody not, else, but yeah, anybody but their parent. Yeah. No, Jenna. Yeah, I'll go. And she, well, yeah. We didn't realize <laughs> one day. <laughs> one day she went home. We'd we'd get Jenna back on Sunday night, Sunday night services, and Jenna came back and her bangs were cut like <laughs> all the way up, way up here. Yeah, <laughs> she was. Jojo a went head. to work. Yeah. <laughs> And we, so we didn't know that a, a free haircut came with the visit. Sure. But that happened probably two or three times. That's and I funny. do believe my dad still loves her more than his own children. It was the daughter he never had. Yeah. 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 I remember. Yeah, so, we, yeah, so we had. <laughs> Something about three boys. I'm reminded of it from time to time. <laughs> yeah. We had lots of help with our kids here. And, and the it, village. It was a, this was a great place to, for our kids to grow up. I mean, we, so we stayed here and. And this was the primary reason was because of this church. So, and uh, and so I mean we're we've always been very thankful for that, you know. And that's it's uh, it makes a difference when your kids are around so many people, you know, because everybody's parents are flawed in some way, yeah. and so you want your kids to have multiple great role models, mm-hmm. not just the parents, but you know, you, you know, parents are the most important role models, but. You want your kids to be around other people that that demonstrate and exemplify what you're supposed to be, and we and we really had that. You know, our kids had lots of parents. So, well, Jenna, um, right after high school, she came and helped us out quite a bit with oh, our right. kids, and yep. she was sort of their nanny for a year or and so. And that was great and, for her. And I was very my kids just love her. I, I look back at pictures now, like she went on vacations with us, and <laughs> she was part of our family. She loved working with y'all. And uh, yeah, they're they're crazy about her. Yeah, and I think I think uh, I think that was really good for Jenna too, because it was kind of I mean, you know, probably I'm sure a maturing process to suddenly be the role model. Mm-hmm. The, you know, I don't know that she really had to be a disciplinarian, but you know, the one who like made sure everybody followed the rules. Mm-hmm. And I, I mean, I, I'm, I'm sure that was great for her. Yeah, she you was know, great. Our, and our two kids were very different from each other. I mean, they're very different people. And um, I mean, have, they share a lot of characteristics, but they're you know, just very different personalities and and all that. And But they mesh good together, mm-hmm. and it's, it's great. We're, we're, we were very fortunate. And uh, you know, I feel for people who, you know, deal with bad situations with children. That would mm-hmm. kill me. Yeah. So we were very fortunate to... At least so far, we've escaped that. Yeah. <laughs> and now you're a grandparent. Yes. Yeah, how about that? Congratulations on your promotion. Yep. And uh, his name is Redmond, which is, my dad was Redmond Robert Ganey, and I'm Redmond Robert Ganey Jr. Mm-hmm. And Jared is Jared Redmond Ganey. Mm-hmm. 
So now the new grandson is Redmond Wayne Ganey. So he'll be the first. He's the first one since my dad who actually went by Redmond. Mm-hmm. And um, I didn't because my dad was Redmond. But mm-hmm. it's spelled R-E-D-M-O-N. Mm-hmm. And the common way people see that name spelled is R-E-D-M-O-N-D. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm pretty sure that my dad was named after a relative whose name was R-E-D-M-A-N. Mm-hmm. It was still pronounced Redmond. Mm-hmm. But they spelled it wrong on his birth certificate. Mm. Wow. And yeah, he had the O over the A. Yeah. And he didn't want to change that because he didn't want to be Red Man. Right. <laughs> so anyway. What but, makes a red man red? So it was kind of, it was kind Peter, of, Pan. Kind of Peter Pan. Yeah. yeah. That's right. It's one of my favorite songs. Yeah, the funny the funny story was. <laughs> uh, I love that song. My dad it's never liked to be called Red. Yeah. Like those were fighting words when he mm-hmm. was a kid. Well, they're calling the new grandson Red. Mm-hmm. So my sister, when she saw that, made a comment on Facebook Facebook saying, Uh-oh. oh, dad would be rolling over. Oh, his oh yeah. And, yeah. And, uh, but yeah. So it was kind of funny. I've called Jared Red Dog for as long as I can remember. And so. Red, I mean, Red. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, he got called him Red. Yeah, red. I think that's what, I th- and I think that is kind of what made them comfortable giving him the first name Redman and calling him Red because that was something they were already kind of used to. And and I like it. It's all it's great. And right. when he became yeah. a lawyer, I, t- I changed it to Law Dog in my phone. Law Dog. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> law don't go around here, Law Dog. And now he's a. He's leading all the youth activities at Central, and he's he does. doing really, really he, well. He's, Super he's, proud of him. Uh, I, I tease him that he's the youth minister at Central. <laughs> and, uh, but they I'm have, not going to say that, but that's what yeah, I want to call they, they, have, they, have, uh, they have the uh, high school students, and I don't know if it includes middle school, at least the high school students. I know they have over to their house a good bit. And, Here we're inclusive. We do both. Yeah. 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 Be may be, they may be, too. I don't they know. They probably need somebody better, though, than you and I to get that back going no, they again. Don't. Yeah. They, you guys are perfect. This next for it. time is We've been doing it a long time. time. They probably need some young blood. Somebody, you know, somebody like Jared. And, and Jen is yeah. one of our major sponsors of the podcast. Yes, she is. Yeah. That's honey. right. Yeah. Cuts Honey. Cuts Honey. The, cuts honey. Uh, the, the Gainies are all over our podcast. Mm-hmm. There's no doubt about that. Their paw prints are everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. I remember after it was one of our initial episodes, Jared texted me. He's like, he loves the podcast. He's like, this is such a great idea. It is a great idea. It really is. What if we get him on it? I'd love that. Make that happen. All right. Red and Red Jr. Yeah, bring the, the, the baby. Family affair. Right. Speaking of the family, I rem- the, the Sunday afternoon football games. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't remember how old you were. I mean, I was at UF, whatever. I, I was in high school. Covering he, was still him. Playing. he was a nightmare to cover. I, I was know. still playing just yep. a few years ago. You couldn't playing. check him at the line. No, no. it was it's too much. Probably 10 years. Yeah. But not I hated long. covering him. Yeah. That, I, the last time I did any of those sporting <laughs> events was Scarring. at Tim's house. We played basketball one Sunday afternoon, and I mm, couldn't move for a week. Yeah, you looked at me the last time we played together. You looked at me. You walked out on the flag football field. And you said, "Good, I'm not the slowest one." <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I said that. That doesn't sound like something I would say. I don't know. I might have thought, it. It. thought it. it, but I didn't yeah. say it. I made it my mission that game <laughs> to make sure you were the slowest. <laughs> just don't finish. Those right. were so fun, though. Every Sunday they we were play, fun. man. They were I ain't got to win, but I just got to finish yeah. ahead of I you. Lo- that right. was That's my right. favorite. <laughs> Part of the week, every week. I was yeah, a, was a Sunday that was, that was legendary. Yeah. And that was every week. Your yeah. uncle, quarterback. Uncle Keith. Great ball yeah, I we mean, had flags. He could and fling the football. Oh, Keith could chuck it. 
Where did he? I mean, those were the days. Did he played football in high school, and I mean, he's just a backyard brawler. We, never, we didn't ask him that when we when we had him on. Get him but back on, Uncle Keith. It. Yeah, but you could throw it too, Bobcat. You were you had that baseball motion. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, 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 I was not. Yeah, I was nowhere near was in different. Keith's league. I I just could <laughs> manage. That's all. You were a game manager. They win Super Bowls. Yeah. Yeah, I was I was more of a wishbone quarterback. <laughs> yes, sir. Matter of fact, I was a quarterback at Arte, and we put, we ran the wishbone. I love nice. it. The wishbone. Yeah. yeah, I didn't know that worked in flag football. That's awesome. I didn't either. Yeah. Well, I, I guess do, it actually because in Hayes, we, we ran a triple option. Throw. Yeah, because we could so block good. back run then. pass option. Yeah, the young kids have to do it because they don't throw. So yeah, Hayes that's right. Football league. It. We didn't really have so a great. Good. We didn't really have a great quarterback. We didn't have anybody that was just really. I mean, I was the best of the worst that we had. You know, and so, yeah, I was the only one who had any, any kind of real throwing motion. <laughs> but, but I couldn't really, you know, I couldn't really throw. Like, like the, the other, all the other societies all had guys that looked like they played quarterback in high school. Mm-hmm. And I was like, we're going to run the wishbone. Yep. <laughs> yeah. We're running the ball on two. <laughs> break. And break. Yeah. I have two questions if I have the time to ask him. We do. We This is an hour has flown by. Okay. No, really? I'll make these quick. Incredible. I don't know if people know what you do for a living. I don't know if I fully understand it as well. So I work, I work for a company that does a lot of different things, but they all center around the payment systems. So I do POS computer systems for mm-hmm. restaurants is a huge part of what I do. Okay. Um, I spent three days this past week training a restaurant staff, how to use it. And and that is a management tool. You're managing the whole restaurant. Mm-hmm. It's not just servers putting orders to the kitchen, but it's maintaining payroll and all their accounting functions and all of that. Um, but then we also work with, you know, hotels and reservation you know, payments and all that kind mm-hmm. of stuff. So I do all of that kind of stuff. I mean, so, I mean, I can do it for just about any kind of business, but I really try to focus on restaurants mm-hmm. as well. And do you, like, go out and just talk to restaurants? Cold call? Yeah, well, I did you... before the pandemic. Uh-huh. But very little of that since then. I'm, I work almost 90% of my work life is at home. Yeah. I have office All virtual. at home. And, I mean, I do get out. I mean, this past week I was out three days. Okay. So you know, I kept saying, I told Paul, I'm like, well, if I'm going to get COVID, it's this week. Yeah, right. But haven't, so. But, uh. Um, but no, I, I've been doing that for ten years, mm-hmm. and before that, I was uh, in the. Con- I worked with a consulting company for about eight or nine years. Mm-hmm. Before that, I worked at UPS for almost twenty. Gotcha. So okay, I haven't worked very many places in my adult life. It's, I try to stick with something. Yeah, no, that's Me good. You too. So. That's good. Um, the other question was. If if you could give your like fifteen or sixteen year old self, if you could go back and give that person some advice, wow! And I know I'm putting you on the spot here, but I think this could help. You know, if any teenagers that listen to it or anything like that, if you could go back and give yourself advice of your fifteen, sixteen year old self, what do you think that would be? Well, I mean, I, the obvious first answer, but I'm going to give you an answer after that one. The obvious first answer is to take your spiritual life seriously. Mm-hmm. And 
but the, sec- the, the my second answer is part of that is I think the challenge for almost all 15, 16-year-olds is it is very difficult to be different. Mm -hmm. And if you're going to be a Christian, especially in our world today, you're going to be different. Yeah. (laughs) And and so... So hard. um, and And there's two ways of looking at that. On the one hand, I would say, don't care what anybody else thinks. Um. You know, be be what you're supposed to be, and I promise you. Like people, I went. You know, one of the wonders of social media is I reconnected with people I went to elementary school and high school with mm-hmm. thirty five years after I hadn't seen them. Right? Suddenly, you find one of them, and suddenly they're all finding you, and mm-hmm. suddenly you briefly kind of reconnect and talk with all of them. And and I I tried to be a good kid in high school. I mean, I I think you know I was I was a good kid. I was trying to do what I believed and all that. And so I wasn't doing a lot of things a lot of the, a lot of other kids were. And and you you kind of pay a little bit of a price for mm-hmm. that, you know, sometimes. And you're left out of things and you're excluded from things and certain people look at you a certain way and maybe say something about you. But what I noticed later in life is that all of those same people now talk about God all the time mm-hmm. on social media. A lot of them go to church. They've raised their kids that you know there are several people that were just stood out to me that were not good people in high school. Now they are trying to live the life I was trying to live in high school. Mm-hmm. And I think young people have a hard time realizing that you're surrounded by immature people who don't understand what's important and who you know ridicule whoever is different and all of that. All of those people one day will think much more like what you're supposed to be thinking about now mm-hmm. because life will you know, either push you further away or bring you closer in. Yep. And, and so I think, I think that's, that's the thing is just, you know, really, you know, try as best you can to just be the example that people don't appreciate now, but later will. Yep. And that's great. And cause I had that comment given to me a lot of times. Oh man, I remember you were this way or that way. And not that I was a perfect kid. I, I really wasn't, but you know, you know, maybe by comparison, you know, and so, but a lot of them remembered that. You know, they remembered that, you know, I was the guy that went to church. And I was the guy that, you know, you know I was the guy that playing baseball, didn't go to Wednesday night practice. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I didn't go to Wednesday night practice. I was a big part of the team. But Wednesday at 6 o'clock, somebody was picking me up because mm-hmm. we had to go to church yep. in my dirty practice clothes. Yep. Right? Yep. Dinner in the car. Yeah. And, and, and so that's, you know, that there are a lot of people not doing that type of thing anymore, mm-hmm. not taking that kind of stand. But. It, that wasn't me taking a stand. That was my dad taking a stand. Yeah. My dad was like, you're you not missing church. You don't mess with Redmond. That's yeah. The- <laughs> so, so, so I think that's, but the, then, then there's one other thing. And the flip side is, um, going to sound contradictory, but pre- rep, present yourself in a way that most people will respect what they see, mm-hmm. how you dress, do you comb your hair? Do you, you know, I don't mean vain things, mm-hmm. but present yourself in a way that people will look at you and respect yep. who you are. And and I think that's lost in mm-hmm. today's world. I mean, absolutely. you know, I mean, people just don't present themselves very well. And that in itself is part of trust doing what everybody else is doing. Yeah. But anyway. 
Yeah, no, that's good. I love it. It's beautiful. You're well dressed and inspirational. <laughs> And, and you cut really, your own hair. You cut your own hair. Thank you for coming on. This was great. I learned a ton. This went by really fast. Where are we at, Buttons? An hour and 11 minutes. Wow. Yeah. Wow. No, nobody was going to want to listen to that. Yes, yeah, they will. Oh, yeah. They'll I, this think people are I told people you were coming on. They were very excited. Well, the see, Botcats well, see, I now, yeah. The thing is, I now know I won't listen to it. Well, you don't have to. You've already listened to it. Yeah. So, that's right. That's right. It's good. If you've got a long drive into work. And home, it's it's perfect. You're you're well. Set. I think I think you guys are doing something really good here. And uh, <laughs> you know, I you know, I was. I mean, I admit, I was like, I, how am I going to fit that in a schedule and and all that? And but um, I, the ones I've listened to have really been good. It's been impressive. Okay, it's great that you guys are doing this. Good deal. Thanks like for fitting it. us in. Yeah, Appreciate thank you for coming your, on. Yeah, being a light to the world. That's right. God bless everyone. Uh-huh.